Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. Hello, this is Teresa Duncan. I'm back with another episode of Nobody Told Me That. And I have a good friend and just someone I think the world of. I have Courtney Roberts here on the line with me. Courtney, how are you? Hey, Teresa. I'm great. How are you? Oh, you know, it's we have a hurricane coming. It is like nasty and musty. And my dogs are coming in with all sorts of mud all over their paws. So oh my life gosh. is great. Are you close to the, like, the path of the, of the hurricane? Uh, we're not going to get hit with the flooding. My parents, who are a little bit more east, might actually get a little bit of flooding, but we're we're just where it rains. So we're just, just going to get tons of rain. Yeah. And, and, you know, we don't typically get basement flooding, but now we're just, everybody's on alert. I mean, everybody's just- It's crazy. Yeah. I was living in New Orleans during Katrina. And so whenever I see oh, hurricane dear. stuff, I'm like, oh man, your heart palpitates oh. a little bit. And so it's, it's a crazy, uh, it's a crazy- a uh, pastime of mother nature for sure you know so i want to go back to that in a second but before because people are probably like courtney roberts who's courtney roberts and for those who don't know courtney roberts and they should um you are an office manager of an endodontic office out in beautiful southern california which i'm very jealous of so give a shout out to the name of your practice hey yeah so i work i can like you said uh here in san diego for claremont endodontics and we're specialty and just do root canals day in and day out so it's it's a really great practice it's a great city and i really uh, really really enjoy it and i like that they they support continuing education because i always see you at ce events and that's like that's super exciting that we have doctors who are you know they have no problem um, with you guys going for CE and, and educating yourselves. I think, I think that's awesome. I want to talk about that in a little bit, but let's go back to Katrina. So, so what happened with Katrina? Were you, um, did you have to evacuate? Were you in a, in a good area? Yeah. So I actually, I was in high school. I was a senior in high school and we were lucky enough to where we didn't have too good. much damage, but people didn't realize after Katrina, about a month later, they had Rita and Rita was actually the one that really did a lot of damage to our house. So we did have to stay um, in another home for a couple of months. And it's your senior year of high school. So it was just a really okay. insane period. And they had a lot of transfers from other cities, from Texas and all over. So it was, you know, it was definitely a crazy part of life. And it took a lot of people years and years to get back on track. You know, and some people lost their homes, never rebuilt, and they're still staying. You know, even now, they're still haven't quite, you know, recuperated to, to everything. And um, even New Orleans, the city itself, took a long yeah. time to bounce right. back. So yeah, it's always a tough part. Yeah, it was really, it's really crazy. And the weather in the South is so, it's so unpredictable. And it's one of those things that's just really scary. It's always something that's, had to keep an open mind out. And I know a lot of people at ADOM had kind of experienced the same thing with Heather and, yeah. and with Superstorm Sandy. So it's definitely prayers. Everybody has to go through that kind of stuff. And there was, uh, I think one of the ADOM meetings was when we were in, I think Scottsdale when the Tampa was oh, yeah. and then also um, Houston that was That's really, right. that was hard. Um, so yeah, weather is something, something that else. Was. And I, that was, I yeah, that was a really somber conference. It, you know, I don't know. It was just a really, yeah, it was a, a weird well, conference it was, for me. Because all of the regular year. people that you expected to see were for some reason not there. And when you asked, it was like, oh, of course they couldn't get in or, oh my gosh, the practice is more important. Exactly. And, and I remember that was back when I was um, on staff with ADOM and we had people that, didn't couldn't even call 
to let us know they couldn't come until like the day of or the second day of the conference. That's when they got their communications back. So we're sitting here thinking, you know, these oh people are just not showing up. And, and of course they did the right thing and, you know, transferred conference registration or refunded. But yeah, I mean, to not even be able to call and cancel. And one girl said, I totally forgot about the conference just because she was packing up. I mean, she was like trying to get the heck out of Dodge and she was like, yeah, something on Facebook. She's like, Oh my oh gosh, my I, I registered. For I know we were, there was a, a girl at the meeting and she actually was trying to leave early and she ended up was on the term on the, on the airport and they ended up getting, I think barely in the air and they ended up turning them around and she came back to the conference and ended up staying a oh whole extra God. week just because she couldn't go back home. It's uh -huh. like, oh my gosh, how terrifying is that? And it was just, a, it was, everybody was, you know, really, their hearts were heavy. And I think Heather had missed that conference because she got into the accident. She did. And it was just a, yeah, it was just a really weird conference that year, just with everything going on. Well, so, so hopefully um, I'll be able to publish this podcast then that I won't get washed away in a, in a flood of something. So washed away, yeah. <laughs> we should be okay though. Um, so let's I think so. Yeah. Let's go back to you're in the endo field um, in the endo field. My gosh, you guys have seen, so not just managerially, but clinically, you guys have seen a lot of changes like microscopes and and laser, there, you know, endo and all that. I mean, what uh -huh. what are you seeing uh -huh. that's changing the way you guys operate? I mean, how do you keep that competitive edge in a really expensive field? Yeah, competitive uh, is a is a really big thing here in San Diego. I did a, a webinar not that long ago, and in my webinar, I wrote that in our area, within a fifteen mile radius, there's over seventy five endodontist just within our practice from where wow. we're located. So it's extremely, extremely competitive. And so keeping where we're technologically advanced and making sure we're doing out of the, you know, out of the box marketing is something we're constantly focused on. The equipment, of course, is a huge part of it, but a lot of it is just the changes that we're seeing with GPs are wanting to keep a lot of things in house. You know, they're wanting to keep things local. They don't want to have to, or they want to do their own endo. So we're trying to our best to stay on top of the technology end so their patients, when they are referred, are getting the, the most care and the best the best diagnosis. So it, it is a really tough industry, I think, for all aspects of, of dentistry, including the specialized areas. Um, but I think just keeping on top of the curve of the changes that we're seeing, you know, with these large pieces of equipment like your CBCTs and the lasers that you all mentioned, you know, plus trying to uh, adapt to what the GPs are doing inside their own practices. With the CBCT, do you find yourself offering that as a separate service? Like, do people refer to you just to take the CBCT? Is that something that you can do? It is. We try not to do it so much because the radiation component, you know, we try to keep it only as necessary okay. and not on every patient. So, you know, we do, but some people just want to come and just have the CBCT just for a, a GP reason, or if a periodontist doesn't have one in their office, things like that, you know, we can work around. So we try to offer a plethora of services, you know, even if it's not directly for our patients. I mean, I can imagine there's, I mean, the cost of getting one of those is so huge. And, you know, if you don't budget in your new build and all that, it can sometimes be like sticker shock. So having a referring office that has that already there is helpful. Absolutely. But you almost feel like you have to have that in order to compete with those others. I mean, what did you say? 75 or 45 in a 75? Uh, 75 endodontists within a 15 mile radius from where we're located. So it's insane. I mean, I would travel like 50 miles just to see my hair girl, you know, so I would imagine, you know, so there's so many people just within 15 miles, you know, people will travel 15 miles to see whoever they want to for a good root canal. And there's a lot of options. And so it's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy competitive. And we're also seeing people 
uh, keeping it, you know, more in house, like I mentioned. And then also we're close to the border. A lot of people go to Tijuana for their treatment. Talk to me about that because I will tell you, know, honestly, I will, I have heard, I've heard the worst and I've heard from patients are, you know, we've had patients in the office when I used to work and they would go get work done. And some of the work actually looked really, really good. So is it really as hit or, hit or miss as it sounds or on a whole, do you see not great stuff coming from under the border? Well, the ones that we see are usually the ones that had had treatment and come back because it's not right. Typically, if it's, if it does work well, then, you don't you know, they usually don't come back for us to take a look at it. But we've heard, like you said, we've heard people that say, hey, I know somebody and they said it, they had a great root canal or my sister went and they had a good crown done. So you never really know. Um, but we just actually saw an implant patient and we saw her originally for her uh, possible root canal, but the tooth was savable. So she opted for an implant and she came back and this poor girl, her implant was oh my like God. totally horizontal. <laughs> like I don't even... Yeah. And so we, when we took the PA, I was like, oh my gosh, it was like one of those Kevin Hart faces where you're like, ooh. Did you think you that know? that was like a new implant modality? And you're like, oh, wait, is this a new type? Like, oh, yeah, our technology, the US guys, let's keep up. You know, what's you going imagine? on? <laughs> and this poor girl, you know, so this poor girl and all the money that she had to um, spend getting it sure. corrected. But then there's a language barrier and there's, you know, it's just difficult trying to get the record sent over and, just crossing the border itself can be difficult. So it's, you know, obviously you understand patients who are in particular situations and they have additional options and maybe they have a good contact out there could be right for them. But, you know, they also have different protocols on how they sterilize, sure. different protocols on how they complete treatment, follow up, you know, everything is just so different. So it's a lot of things to be cognizant wow. of you know, to, to opt treatment that way, you know, but it's just something we also have to be, be aware of whenever we're trying to do our marketing and making sure, you know, we're aware of what's going on. It's a tough all around. It's super competitive industry. So with the endo field being, being crowded and they're, you know, they're focusing on the technology, they're focusing on the dentistry from a manager's point of view, you just said it, the marketing piece felt like to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that the hardest part of being a specialty manager is the constant marketing you have to do. Like how much of your day is managerial versus marketing? Oh, yeah. Like what, what part of the pie does marketing play in, your, in that whole piece? Yeah, it takes a lot. And because it takes so much, I have to pre-plan it a year in advance. So I have to come up with an entire marketing calendar and each month I have exactly what I want to do, exactly what day I want to get out of the office and exactly what tier of offices I need to, to contact. The entire year, the budget is planned out, everything, the events, anything that you know, we want to do. So that way my year can go smoothly because it's so much. And then a month prior is when I start getting ready for whatever next month's task will be. So it takes so much work. It takes a lot of time, you know, and it kind of gets a little bit frustrating when you're trying to mm -hmm. do so much. And there's still so many other things that don't involve marketing on your plate. And then I'm the only front office person. So it gets to be a little bit crazy. And I, and marketing is such a huge component that I have to be cognizant of, okay, make sure this needs to be done you know, this week. We've got to get through this marketing task or we're going to get really behind. So I would say at least 40% of my day is, is focusing on marketing and the task that I need to do for next month. And there's small things that come up through the day, you know, like we, whenever we know there's a new front office person in the office or uh, from a referring office, if there's a new 
uh, front desk girl, we sent her flowers and a little card. So things oh, like nice. that will come up. Yeah, just saying welcome to the practice. You know, we hope to you know encourage you, or if we if you need anything, we're here for you. So when things like that are unexpected, you have to work that into your day, like making sure everything is is done for those for those little type of pop ups. And it's nice that you're in charge of the marketing from a managerial point of view, because just what you said, sending flowers to the new girl at the desk, you know, I worked in a general practice for a long time. And what we always, you know, the, the team were always cracking up because the doctors would come and take my doctor out to lunch or dinner or whatever. And he would come back and he would be like, yeah, he seems like a nice guy, but there's, you know, I, we could tell when they weren't excited, when he wasn't excited, but we knew that a new rock star periodontist had moved into the area because not only did he take him out to lunch, but he came and he spent time with us. He asked us, you know, what, what is it that pa our patients are like? What, what, what are the insurances like in the area? Like he spent a lot of time talking to us and then he sent us muffins. He always did that on a regular basis. And it wasn't that he was sucking up to us. He, and maybe he was, but what I, what we really saw Right. was that he valued the role, our role in the practice. And for you to acknowledge, you know, new front office person, hey, welcome to the team. I think that's phenomenal. Those, these doctors that just focus on the doctor, they need to think past the doctor and think to the referral pad, who actually gives the doctor the referral pad? Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, I worked in GP as well. And it was so funny. Our doctor, <laughs> he hated picking specialists. He, you know, we had a certain few that we worked with, but he just felt so guilty picking one over the other. So he would always let the administrative team pick a referral. You know, there was two endos or two perios. And so he never really had a particular say. He just would let his front office girls or, or the admin girl or the clinical team pick a referral. Yeah. So it's like, like you said, you really have to make sure it's not just the doctor who is filling your presence, but the team members are there as well. And kind of go back to what you mentioned. It's not people think, oh, or you're just sucking up to the office. You really want to know these teams. You want to know what works for them and you want to cater to what they like because some offices, they <laughs> want to talk to you and chit chat and some offices want to just get down to the gritty, very basic, very simplistic, and they don't want to spend all this time. So you have to know how would they like, you know, and you have to cater to quick and easy or some, you know, how they want their patients treated and different mannerisms. So there's just so much that goes into it and learning each team is such a huge component of what specialists have to go through. So that piece right there. So if there's any specialists listening uh, or anybody who works for specialists, we need to back that up just a second. I want to reemphasize that you said that your doctor does not, they never made the decisions. They were like, you know, here, admin team, pick whatever. That happens so often. And many, many times it's driven by the whole insurance conversation because, you know, the doctor will be like, well, I don't know which insurance you have. You know, if the patient asks about it, I don't know which insurance you have. You're going to check with, you know, Courtney up front and, and Courtney will say, hey, right. this one, you know, they are happy to work with your insurance. This one is, you know, whatever. A lot of times it really is up to the front office and whomever is checking them out. And I think specialists need to realize that that's, that's a big piece. It is. It's a huge piece to make sure you're aware of the powerful team members are at the front from these referring offices because they know these insurances. And we're seeing more and more patients who are very focused and driven on seeing specialists who are only in network. So that means you're seeing a lot more specialists who are contracted with more carriers. So if someone has MetLife, for example, and you know seven endodontists within you know 10 miles from you, well, then it basically just goes to which office you think is best, which one you have the best relationship with you know, or what's their availability, but you really have to be very aware of what's happening with the insurances and realize they, they have a lot of power when it comes to picking. And usually doctors or the dentist, they know who they work with. They know these doctors. 
And if they're not going to be in their uh, circle of referrals and they're not going to, you know, they're, they're fine. Whoever you want to go see, you know, they're, it's totally fine because they know these doctors anyway. So they just let the front office girls choose which one that they actually mm-hmm. get their referral to. So it's definitely a lot of power. And even at ADOM, you know, I talked to uh, other GPs and I asked them, you know, who decides who gets to get the referral? And they say, yeah. oh, we all do. We all do. And sometimes I ask, how do you pick through your list? Do you go by favoritism, by location? And she goes, well, I'll pick, you know, our, our top one. If he doesn't answer, I'll just hang up the phone, call the second one, you know? So it kind of brings in a whole other aspect of your availability and making sure you can really make these doctors um, feel catered to with your time. And it's huge having a direct line too. I mean, the, the doctors we inevitably referred to the most were the ones we, we liked, not like favoritism, but we actually liked their style. We liked how they talked to patients. We liked the reports we got back. That was another thing. You know, that we, we really got a lot of information and, and we had direct lines. So we had like a back line that we knew we could call. That was worth it right there. I mean, that usually was what sealed the deal is that I knew I could pick up the phone and get scheduled immediately. That just makes me look good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And kind of what you said earlier, uh, making sure the reports are detailed and oriented. In the report, we write how much of the insurance benefits we're expecting to utilize with the patient's plan. So that way they're keeping up. Yeah. And so we try to just do these little small things. That way it's easier for the referring process. But it does. The reports are such a huge component, too, about how fast the offices are receiving them, you know, how Mm -hmm. detailed they are, what the quality of the x-rays. And then we try to add in the extra insurance component. But making it's just so many aspects, you know, from the referral specialty to GP. There's lots of components that you really have to try to master. So that way the customer service you're providing to your referring doctor is exceeded. And that's one of the main reasons that they want to refer because you're so easy to work with. So managing referrals, the marketing piece, what else makes up your day? Because you, you right already, that's like, <laughs> that's the majority of your day. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> and then you still, you know, the schedule trying to accommodate emergencies and you still have a schedule to keep, to keep control yeah. of because with emergencies, you can, you can easily get lost in the day. The day can easily run you if you don't pr- prepare yourself. And so making sure the clinical team is set up and ready and they have all the tools that they need to be successful for, you know, during during the day and helping even, you know, sometimes I'm just the, the sterile tech, you know, because you're just helping wherever needs needs help because emergencies do flow so much into our, our day-to-day schedule. Um, so it definitely is a lot. And you just have to keep up with, you know, your HR, your HIPAA. It's a very time-consuming day and it's a really busy day, but it's always different, which is good, but it, it's also focused because it's just endo. So you're not all over the place with different codes and things like that. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You, you really kind of stay um, a little bit more focused, which is nice. So I, I'm going to ask you a two-part question here. Is there any part of your job that you've offloaded to you know, outsourcing? And if you haven't, what part would you, if you could, what part do you dislike that you would rather somebody else do? So we, because we're endo, there's a lot of things that we're limited to by what's compatible with our software because we use endo specific software. So unfortunately, we're not able to get a lot of great programs that are out there, but we do use a Rhinogram for our texting service. And even then it's great, but because it's not directly compatible with our software, we have to enter in all the information on our own. So it's still a little bit of an extra step, but it's just where patients need to have that extra uh, line of communication through texting. So that's always, it's always great. But I think another thing that we would like to do is have someone handle more of our HR, you know, just because it's easier to have that done and off of your plate. But because we all are, we are a smaller practice and we don't have 
10, 15 mm-hmm. employees, better to keep it in-house. But I would love to have somebody like a Brenton Arison or somebody that handles your HR and all that stuff for you to keep you compliant, especially in California. That would be definitely something yeah. I'd like to outsource. You read my mind future. because California is just, yeah. it's you guys are your own. Yeah, Crazy. you guys are your own animal when it comes to HR. Well, and the deck is stacked against you. I mean, as an employer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes I attend the uh, the meetings that they have, you know, about you know, your, the laws and and the legal uh, steps that you need to take. And there's always a lot of people in there from all over the U S and I sit there and he told the guy would always say, except from California, this, this is totally different from you. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's totally, totally anomaly of, of everything. (laughs) They should title these HR classes for you guys, HR, (laughs) except for California, because that's seriously except for california yeah pretty much you have laws specifying (laughs) breastfeeding and and time i'm surprised they don't have like oh my god the baby's on one side for five minutes and the baby has to be shifted to the other side for five minutes you know (laughs) oh yeah it's crazy especially now with like (laughs) it's yeah and i mean now with like they have like medicinal marijuana laws and like it's just gotten to be where you can't even keep up with with the changes and everything yeah. you have to do as an employer to, to manage all these laws. So luckily we've, you know, we haven't had anything that we've had to really utilize them for, but it's definitely lurking out there. That's for sure. Well, the whole marijuana thing is, is interesting, you know, in Vegas, of course, now it's legal. And of course I knew this was going to happen, but we started to see more questions um, online and I was getting questions. Okay. What do I do with this, this law? Am I right. a drug test and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Man, I'm so glad I don't do HR because I I don't I mean I know it's federally illegal. I mean for however longer, how much longer, but right employees are working on patients and you know irreversible procedures a lot of times. I mean I I don't with like sharp instruments. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's too yeah. much for you guys to insist that they are drug free. I mean I don't know why this comes up, but, but people get, I agree. you know the, oh it's legal. I must be I I can't you know drug test them. No, that's not what it means. You know, like if you right. think about it on a factory floor, those workers still have to go through drug tests because they're heavy machinery and all that. It's like you said, sharp instruments. Exactly right. So employee aside, it kind of is a no brainer, right? Like we shouldn't have high employees, right? But <laughs> what right. do you do? You Hope, right, but what do you do? Run into patients being coming in high. I mean, have you seen that? What's going on there? Yeah, we have. You know, and you sometimes it's kind of like a like a double whammy because patients are usually in pain with these large abscesses, and so they try to make it as an excuse, you know, to kind of help cope with the pain. So you try to, you know, work with it. But if there's anyone that we feel is just not in the best mental capacity to sit through a root canal, you know, we'll have them come back if, if need be. But uh, yeah, it's, it is crazy about what people are bringing in, even with their service animals. And it's a different thing out here too, because you absolutely want to accommodate patients with uh, with true legitimate service animals. But we're seeing not that, <laughs> unfortunately. And you know, we had one just the other day and this huge buffalo dog comes in the office and his tail oh is like gosh. swapping over everything and he's barking and he's growling at everybody. You, you like, need a oh service my, dog oh to gosh. deal with and the service. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. And the mailman comes in and he's all freaking out. And he's trying to hurry up and get the mail and the dog is just growling at it's just crazy california is so particular about how you handle service animals you just have to be really careful with with things like that so it's just all kinds of all kinds of interesting things i know people take comfort in different things but i mean i i remember being on a flight and somebody had a service lizard or iguana or something 
And I I just was, I, I didn't say anything because obviously this person was very attached to their iguana, but I thought, wow, this is getting a little bit out of hand. And, and my, my husband was telling me about an article oh, he read where somebody had a service llama. Oh no. Dude, like, <laughs> like, all right, yeah. man, come on. You're pushing we the table. Gotta, we gotta, oh my gosh. We got to cr- draw the line yeah, somewhere. You need to call me if somebody ever comes in with a service llama because I need pictures. A service llama. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole... <laughs> like an eco-friendly shredder. <laughs> but the whole, the whole liability piece though, if you've got somebody that you think is I, they really can't make those good decisions, I would, I would think that that impairs their ability to say yes or consent to the service. I mean, I know you don't today, but I mean, aren't you, doesn't that make you wonder, you know, are they in sound mind? Yeah, of course. And especially like you said, with consenting to treatment, mm-hmm. but consenting to the financials and even, you know, one of the uh, limitations when using care credit, they make sure that they say in their clause, if a patient is seem like they're too distressed or if they're in a severe amount of pain where they feel like they're uh, their overall throughout process is deferred, then, you know, you're not supposed to register, you know, for an account with them. So same thing with treatment, but, you know, we don't mm-hmm. have, luckily we don't see that too much or, you know, sometimes it is hard to draw the line of how much pain they're in versus are, are they're just weird or are they just <laughs> a little bit of a, of a high? Some people are just so, so naturally happy to yeah. see you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, and there's an example though. I know that there's new CE popping up on, you know, handling marijuana in your office. And first of all, there's clinical, there's people talking about it clinically because of course there's effects on the oral cavity. And then mm-hmm. there's the the HR people are talking about it more and more. So that's just another example of, you know, you have to keep seeking out courses, even though you think that they're crazy. <laughs> like, wait a second, this could happen to me. Yeah. Because I do, I see you at CE meetings. I mean, I uh-huh. see you online we're friends on Facebook, but I mean, it's great. I see you at CE meetings. And so what CE do you look for? I mean, what, tell me if you've had a really good CE, tell me about that. You know, what is, what draws you? Like what topics draw you? Insurance, honestly, is is one of my weak spots is because insurance is such a driven part of our practice because we do accept so many PPO plans Mm -hmm. and insurance, as you know, has so many changes and it's being in California and there's a lot of stuff with the Delta, of course, we just, there's so many things that I just need to stay on top of. And the insurance courses to me are where I go to because I can never know enough. That's really where I like to spend a lot of my CE energy too. And I think that those courses, I don't think I've ever taken an insurance course where I didn't leave just being overwhelmed with so much great information. (laughs) And I take them continually, you know, and even when I take yours, I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, cause it's just so much. And I'm like, I just took an insurance CE course. This is crazy, yeah. but it's all great stuff that we immediately implement and not just, you know, insurance and how the logistic of it works, but how to better prepare your patients for their patient portions and how you know, the best styles of communication to help facilitate the acceptance of their treatment. So, so much goes into to the insurance portion of, of our role and CEs is, is where you can get that. And like, I just feel as no matter how many CEs that I take, I'm constantly bringing back so much information every time. How do you disseminate that through the office though? Like what's your, what's your method of saying, okay, here's what's in my brain. This is what you should know. Well, I guess as far as things like where our PPOs are changing, where do we want to go out of network or what's, how do I go about these huge moves for the practice, for the business, for our patients? You know, what's the best way that I can break these things down? But as far as like presenting things to patients, you know, kind of just give them the basics of things with their policy that they maybe should know 
that's related to their treatment. But there's, you know, there's just so much. And I know that with specialty, Delta has kind of mm-hmm. left us alone a little bit, but I just feel like it's coming. Things like that, that I'm just constantly trying to stay on top of, or I'm not shocked with anything. And you were actually the first person that told, that told me when TRICARE was switching back yeah. over to United Concordia. And I had no idea. And I was like, oh my God, why? This was a couple of years ago or whenever they made the switch. And it's just things like this that you're just always or coming up with kind of like you say nobody told me this when, when did this happen when did tricare yeah when there's, in fact what? i think most managers lives are full of so. nobody told me that i mean that's why i, I took the name because i can't how many times mm-hmm. have I, I can't think of how many times i've spoken and given advice that i thought was common not because i'm smarter that's not it i just thought you've been doing this for maybe a year right. you this would have come up And I would talk about it and then just kind of move on. And somebody would come up later and say, nobody ever told me that. Nobody told me that I needed to document this. And nobody told me that I needed to send people to collections. The worst nobody told me that was somebody, a new doctor. Well, she wasn't new. She was like three years out. A doctor came in. She took one of my very basic insurance classes. And we talked about evaluations. And we talked about periodic evaluations. And she said, so should I be billing a periodic evaluation every time I see somebody with hygiene? And this had been three years that she was out that she's never billed a one, two, oh, I mean, that's kind of, that's what I'm talking about when I say nobody told me that it's like, I just need to get the word out that there's so much. If we, a whole bunch of fantastic managers got together in a room, there's no way that we would say, okay, well, we're done. We knew everything that the other person knew. It would be just still a huge learning experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Insurance aside, what what other areas are you like leadership? Um, I know HR is a pain in the butt, but I mean, what else are you thinking to add to your repertoire? For CE, you mean? Yeah. Or growth. Yeah. So a lot of more of the business side of the practice is things that I'm more drawn to. Uh, making sure that our businesses is thriving the way we want it to. I'm really big into the numbers and to making sure our overhead is where we need to be and making adjustments as necessary. Cause it's easy to let those numbers slide when you're working on so many other things. Sure. And obviously the business is what we're working for. You know, it's, it's what we're, um, it's what we're going for every day. So just the managerial sense of keeping things and the numbers uh, successful. And those are difficult too, you know, things change and endo is a little bit different. So when I do take a few of these wizard number courses, um, sometimes I get a little bit off because there's so much of a hygiene component to it, or there's other things that aren't necessarily relatable to what we mm-hmm. go through. But uh, keeping the business and, and the numbers intact is a really important role and things that I like to always get better at and making sure that we're always where we need to be. So how hard is it for you to find endo-specific numbers? I mean, where do you go to find that? Gosh, it's so tough. It's really, really tough. And ADOM now has where they have the endo, kind of not chapters, specialty but their work. specialties, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. So, and that's been great. And so we have our own Facebook page and uh, we're able to communicate what everybody else is doing. And so it's really good to have that connection because there's not really a lot of specialties courses that are designed for a specialist that way. So you try to kind of take what you go through these regular CEs, extract what you think would be uh, compatible or applicable to your office and sort of work with those numbers. And then just communicating with other endos to see what they're doing, what numbers they like to track and implement that kind of as needed. But it is really tough to keep your CEs focused just on endo because of, you know, just they're just such a, of a rare breed and it's hard to have big courses where everybody endo is related. And they have even the AAE, but 
you know, they, they kind of keep it mostly clinical uh, courses. So it is a struggle, but I'm really glad that ADOM has that resource now for the endo managers to all have one place to go to. Well, it really surprises me that the AAE um, wouldn't have more practice management courses. I guess, do they just figure there's other places for the doctors to go? The AAE has kind of been a different animal for a couple of years, really limited a lot of the admin courses quite a bit. And I think they're just projecting everything just to the doctor and even more so the very little uh, admin courses they do give, it's all directed for doctor only courses. Yeah. So it it really is unfortunate um, that they don't use that opportunity for their meetings to bring in a lot of great endo speakers that can, you know, help with front office. And, you know, we're all together from one nation. So it's not like you're marketing to one city or you're doing a, a class for one city where all the competitors are in one room, you know, you're, there's a plethora of people that are there. So, you know, luckily there are other resources that you can connect to uh, besides the AAE. I mean, so many organizations are are really struggling with how do we connect with the office manager because they're, you know, realizing how big of a role we play. And I think, I mean, I, I, depending on your viewpoint, I, I think it's fine that these DSOs have come into play because they really did, what they did was they focused everybody on the business side because, people were suddenly realizing, oh my gosh, this is business. They're, they're totally do, coming at it from a business point of view. So I, I kind of feel like it's refocused us, but I, I'm, I'm a little concerned that, you know, other than ADOM, which is a great resource, there's really no place for you to go to say, these are the metrics to be going with, and this is a benchmark. Absolutely. And that's tough. Courtney, maybe that's something you should be, you should be looking exactly. into. Exactly. It is really tough. You know, it's funny. I looked into it, but it, it is tough because you it's hard to do it in a city, you know, because there's so many competitors in one city. So it's hard to do it locally because of that. So it's such a great opportunity for a large conference like the AAE. You know, when you have everybody together, it's a great time to share information just for the profession, you know, making sure that the the livelihood of Inadonis continues to grow. You would think that would be a really large component to add to their repertoire of things to know as an endodontist. But, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a struggle because you want to make sure that everybody is getting the knowledge that they need, but it's tough to do locally when there's so much competition. Yeah, I'm, I'm blown away by that, that stat, you know, in San Diego. That's, that's just, I knew it was a nice place to live. And of course, people want to go there, but holy cow, the, the competition. I mean, as a new grad coming out of school, that's got to give you some thought. Absolutely. Is it a lot of chain offices or is it single providers that are, that's your competition? It's both. You know, we definitely see a lot of Western dentals and things like that. You know, what's funny is this, that number came from Delta's website. So those 75 dentists, that's just the Delta providers. You know, there's still the ones that are out there that are, you know, for, if they're not Delta, usually most endodontists at least accept Delta because in our city, uh, all the school systems contract yeah. through Delta. So there's so many uh, city employees that use Delta. Most endodontists, I would imagine, accept those plans. But if there's any fee for service out there, you know, they're not even on that list. So it's, yeah, it's it's definitely crazy, but a lot of chains and a lot of offices that have one endodontist come in one week and then the next week is another endodontist. So there's a lot of traveling doctors that are in there too. Well, and that, that seems to be the new way that specialists are dealing with that competition. I'm, I'm seeing that more and more, especially on message boards, you know, how, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. Is there a market for me to do this? Those that you looked on the website and found those dentists, do you know how many of those are traveling or, or is that not even listed in there? You can kind of check names and you can see where there's the same address. You know, you kind of see different doctors go to the same address. 
but there's no indicative you know place that they provide if you know they're they're kind of traveling and you kind of understand what what their mentality is because so many patients find it to be an inconvenience of having to go see another doctor another office you know get their form sent over and so they're trying to accommodate their patients where it's a one-stop, you know, all shop for for their dental yeah. needs. So you can see, you know, what their mentality of, of of doing that is. But it's definitely a struggle trying to keep up with the changes that the GPs are are seeing too. So what brought you to endo? Like, how did you land in endo? So when I was working with the GP, the endo was part of my one of my favorites. Not just when I was an assistant, but just working through the the front office too. And the doctor that I work for now, he was just purchasing the practice, and so he was looking for a new team to you know start from from ground zero. So that was a great opportunity to we can grow something together. So that's how we how I came aboard. We've been doing it for almost six years now, and also too. So it's been six years, and we're the most rated and most reviewed single oh, nice. doctor really? on Yelp. In your area? Mm-hmm. In, in, uh, in San Diego, in all of San Diego, we're the um, highest wow. rated single wow. endodontic practice on Yelp. So yeah, so it's been amazing. It's definitely been a lot of great uh, growth, but it's just the challenges that we see where we don't, we, we didn't see coming, you know, and you're have to kind of take a, a derailment on how you want to get to your goals. You're going to get some calls from office managers of um, specialty practices. They're going to want to come and spend a day with you. <laughs> you had, you figured it out. And, and I mean, that's that's awesome. And I remember the first time I met you, I was like, this girl's going to go somewhere. She's a rock star. And so that, I mean, oh, you're I so mean sweet. You, you handle yourself well and all that. And you're a good author. So I'm looking forward to seeing like what you're going to do you know, in the future. I know you're not, if, if your boss is listening, don't get scared. She's not going anywhere, but yeah, <laughs> I know that that's something that the boss. You better be scared. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> now, so if you, but if you did leave dentistry, not and you know, consulting, speaking, whatever, but it, what anything that uh-huh. drives you outside of dentistry, like when you shut teeth away in a box, what makes you happy? Wine, you know, <laughs> stay at home all day. I don't know. <laughs> Ellen, you're, you're such a simple person. I love it. <laughs> Just, just, you know, reruns of anything, you know. Um, But I think if I had to do something else, I think the art of uh, giving customer service and training customer service. And I feel so many industries really could take benefit into that. And really, that's most of our success in our own practice is we have learned so much about customer service, which again, goes back to all the great CEs that I like going to, you know, not marketing yourself with the practice, but how to treat people and how to treat your patients. And actually exceeding their their expectations, and you're you know you're just giving them one of those wow moments, and they remember your their root canals for such a long time, and they'll always remember that experience. And it's just all about that customer service that you give. So I think if I ever left industry, just training that to other industries, they can always utilize and they can always grow from a great customer yeah. service uh, standpoint. I think so many, I mean, that just takes this this changing certain people's attitudes and changing how people interact with others can do exponential growth to I most businesses. I've joked with people before and somebody's going to do it, but there needs to be like a charm school. Oh I my mean, gosh, I yeah. To, when I used to go in <laughs> office and you've probably done this going and visiting offices, like just the the rudeness, you know, not even acknowledging you in the office or kind of mumbling oh on the gosh. phone or, I mean, and I've, I've seen, you know, front office people talk back to patients like, you know, well, you're wrong and, and just, Wow. Why did no oh, one yeah. tell you, you know, Absolutely. the basic, again, here's the, nobody told you that. Nobody told you to be civil. <laughs> Somebody should have told you to be civil. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Where's your mother? You know. Absolutely. The crazy part is a lot of times the doctors don't even know that's happening in the front. So when those patients that leave because of the poor customer service that they've experienced or someone made them upset because they were treated, the doctor has no idea that's even happening sometimes, you know? And so that's a huge thing that's affecting practices and the doctors are left in the dark thinking, you know, what's happening where are these new patients or what's, you know, what's going on, your front, your front office is handling phone calls poorly or, you know, so many things like that happen that really bring down practices because of the, the training, the customer service and just the overall uh, aura of the practice. Is there a practice you, know, you remember, like, just like you were in disbelief of what you heard? Well, you know, because working in endo, you call so many, you know, GPs and you speak to so many dental practices and just sometimes how people answer the phone to crack me up. You know, there's the over the top, you know, welcome to Smiley Smiley. Hope you have a smiley, smiliest day. How can I hope oh my extra God. smiley? And you're like, girl, stop. Okay. Could you not? It is 945 in the morning. Tone it down. You know, so you get those people and you're like, okay, Carol, you know, I'm just here to ask you. Yeah. Then you get people that just say so-and-so's doctor, you know, and that's it. No, good morning. No, they don't have their name. They're mumbling, you know, so it's just so much that you see just day to day when you're calling offices to get, you know, patient information, or you're just calling to let them know something, you know, or you, oh you get gosh. put on hold for that, eight or nine that, minutes. You know? Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, gosh, what are you, you guys know, just doing? saying? I can't get to you or something, yeah. but Exactly. Anything, you know, and I know the struggle of being the only front office person, you know, you're only one you're by yourself, but not <laughs> but you know what's sad Come is on, that, that grumpy bunny is somebody's coworker. That's what's really sad. You know, can you imagine that's, that's oh, yeah, exactly. we've all been that grumpy person at some point and I, you know, I needed my coffee yeah. to get started. And oh morning, yeah, of course. Oh gosh, when you walk in and someone's got that sour, like just puss <laughs> on their face, like you don't want to even be there. You know, it's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It is. Or even like the opposite. You have like the the energy bunny that's constantly bouncing off the walls 24-7. Calm down. <laughs> you know, like the juggling highlighters oh, that's and funny. stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, what are you doing? I, I don't think. Yeah, what there you go. That's how you tell. You that's You drug test that girl, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. She's the first one that's going to the bathroom with one of those. Cups, oh my you know? Lord. Yeah. I just can't imagine. I'm so glad I'm not doing that anymore. I'm in office where I have to, you know, I can't wait. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I definitely don't want that. Um, so, so what are you doing nowadays? I know that you are oh writing, giving webinars. So what's, what's next, Courtney, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I had a lot of offices reach out wanting help with their uh, with their front office and doing their training with them mm -hmm. um, for their specialty, which is, I think, a really good spot. We talked about it is hard to get that training for specialists. You know, there there's not really any courses for specialty to go to to learn about better ways to market, better ways for them to communicate. So a lot of great offices have reached out just wanting some help, uh, looking for some great tips. So that's something that's been really rewarding lately. Uh, and of course, we have our local chapter here. And then, um, like I said, ADOM has been really great with their uh, with their endo specialty network. And I'm a, I'm the chairperson for endo, so seeing that group grow has been phenomenal. And just seeing how many people just struggle, and we all struggle the exact same way, you know, and or one time or another we struggled in the same spots. So just being able to connect those members and being able to watch everybody get the answers that they need has has been really awesome. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's always a growth. It's always a change. Uh, next year I'll be speaking at the ADOM conference Congratulations! The marketing courses uh, just for specialty. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I'm really so what's the, about so that. the topic is marketing. Are you, are you coming at it from a different angle? It, it is. It's going to be marketing. It's like a playbook style marketing. So it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. So it's really, really neat. I think marketing is such a huge component. Obviously, you know, for us being in such a competitive area and just endo in general is obviously it's a huge part of, of, of the field. So, yeah, I'm really excited no, that's, about that's that. That's awesome. So and that's I mean, that's definitely one of my favorite conferences. Yeah. And it's it's a big deal to get get picked to be on for that sure. conference. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it was really yeah, it was it's, it's phenomenal to be asked to speak over there. And it's really great that they're listening to specialty, you know, because we're all kind of you go to some of these meetings and you just feel left out. And we were seeing that a little bit, even with ADOM, we, we want more time with specialists. So it's great that they were listening to us and they were able to, to give back with speakers and more specialty yeah, courses. Excellent. Excellent. Which is awesome. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we're not scheduled against each yeah. other that, because that really, you know, it, it, I know. <laughs> that's the best, that's the worst thing about no. being a speaker. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of bad things about being a speaker, but sometimes I'm at courses I'm yeah. like, I want to go see, you know, yeah. so-and-so speak and they're at the same time. So hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully that's not the case. And I can come sit, I can come sit in your class and I won't heckle, I promise, but yeah. it would be, <laughs> I'll be there for moral support, bring the coffee and you know, maybe the martini for the end. I know Thank you like you. your good mar martini, so. <laughs> yes, I do. So is there anything that uh, <laughs> that you would like to share um, with everybody as far as um, parting thoughts? You know, how can they find you and any words of wisdom for, say, there's a specialty manager listening right now? You know, what's your what's your parting words of wisdom and how can they reach you? Yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's always about trying to improve yourself and trying to improve your practice. And you have to know that there's ways to to better yourself. If you take the time to to go to these CE courses, to reach out, reach out for help. Cause so many people are so happy to help. Like I reach out for questions to people. I never think they would take the time to respond and they do. People really want to help you. So if you just spend the, the energy to go after these answers and to go after self-improvement for your, for not only your position, but for your practice and for your team, uh, you know, really great things can happen. So just, you know, if anybody has any questions about specialty or anything with specialty customer service or specialty marketing, I'm same here. I'm, I'm more Excellent. than welcome to help. It's something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah, please feel free. And, and um, yeah, and if you guys are going to ADOM next year, they should look into and... uh, joining ADOM. And because then if they indicate that they're a specialist, they get uh, put into that specialist private Facebook group. You have to be a member and you have to work in a specialist office. They don't just let anybody in. And that's, I know there's a direct line to you there. Uh, so that's, that's a really good resource. Some of these Facebook groups are awful, but some are really good. No, some are really awful. I had to stop following some of them because they were so awful. And it's just funny to see what people write about things, you know, and just the advice that they give to other people are so terrible. Oh, and it's you know? so wrong. It's so wrong. I, I Sometimes I don't, it kills me. Sometimes, you know, I send so many private messages where I'm like, look, I didn't want to say this in public, but this is not the direction I'm going in. You're going to get fined. You're going to get, that's, a, hey, by the way, that's illegal what that person told you to do. And I mean, I can't stop. I can't oh, yeah. read it and walk away. <laughs> and so as a result, just like you said, I've just unsubscribed to a lot of them. It's too much. And it's just, and honestly, I'm not looking to buy every, you know, course yeah. that comes out. And yeah, that's another here. thing too, that I just got really same tired. Here. So 
Yeah, I just, I just give I just me want the, the information. Man. Just give me the. There's that. Yeah. There's that office manager type that you were talking about, where you, like there's yeah. the fluffy, and then there's the, <laughs> the nitty gritty. Like, tell me what I need. That way, I can go right. on my day. Right. You know, so, oh, well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate the time and I, I love talking to other office managers. You in particular have so much good energy. And so I appreciate that you brought that onto the show and in the show notes, I will make sure that we have a link to how they can reach you. I'll link up Adom specialty network, because um, I do think if you're a specialist network, you should be a part of that. And uh, then the AAE, yeah, I'll put a course. link in there for, for that as well, because don't realize, you know, that that's, that's mm-hmm. also a resource. And maybe if they hear more from you guys, they'll realize they need to course, you know, yeah, up their absolutely. game a little bit. What are you planning for the rest of the, the weekend? Anything big? So we are actually in the middle of a move and I'm so glad it wasn't uh, computer style where a camera was on because I have boxes like everywhere. So <laughs> yeah, the, the moving part is, um, it's so stressful. It's, you know, but uh, yeah, so yeah. we're in the middle of a move and we should be packed up to a new place within a week, but so that's my exciting weekend, cardboard boxes. No wonder you wanted to talk about margaritas. No wonder. So That's where I am. I'm just going to bathe in a gallon of dirty martinis for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, I will talk to you soon. And, and everybody that's listening to the podcast, stay tuned for our next episode. We'll have that coming up. But reach out to Courtney. Let her know uh, the, how, if she can help you. And until the next episode, have a good day. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.